My name is Kebohem, and this is Epiphany. Amata meiva Kebohem ni alojava akatahengi. Twenty-seven porokol eighteen sixty-five. Alta and I slept on my bed like siblings. I surged awake in the middle of the night with nausea and went into the bathroom to vomit. The cut from my promise to Karata throbbed in time with my heartbeat. I felt so sweaty that I wondered if I'd gotten food poisoning. I went to bed maybe forty minutes later and had restless dreams about about a thread yoking around my neck while a calendar just marched on and on under wicked, watchful eyes. I awoke with strong morning light on my face and felt like I hadn't slept at all. As I stretched, I glanced at the space beside me. Kalta lay in a fetal position, back towards me, breathing steadily. Slowly Lee stirred and pushed aside the light summer blankets. Lur eyes snapped open and Lee rushed to a sitting position so quickly that I yelped. The sunlight caught on the dark gun in Lur hand. I steadied myself and tried not to move or breathe. Alta sighed and set the gun down in a nest of bedsheets. Lee said, I forgot where I was for a short while. We were up so late. Lee squeezed Lurai shut and yawned. You tossed and you turned. Sorry, I said. Alta raised Lur arms and flipped their palms up, then moved them over Lur head. Lee arced Lur spine. What do you think about the conversation last night? What they said? I'll need to call in sick, I said. I can't work like this. The attempt will happen tomorrow. What I mean to say is, do you trust that Karata Messi will have a handle on this by tomorrow? I shook my head. No, no, I don't, and I have no ability to pay you for your help. Equilibrium Nexus has hired me to be your bodyguard. The money will keep coming in. They pay really well. If you do something, I'll go after you, Kalta said. Lee lowered their arms and started stretching their wrists. Sehutangi might suspect what happened last night. Zemanok only knows if your luck held. Lee could have called friends at daybreak to let them know about the security lapse. Does Lee have any reason to suspect me? You're the girlfriend who drugged Lim. I reached for the back of my neck and felt the base of my skull. The phantom sensation of a bullet entering my head or an electric gun shocking me to death made my hand shake. I squeezed my eyes shut and tried to think about waves crashing on cliffs. I needed to think up an excuse for a kakara. What would happen if we tried the police, I asked. We were all very sure that they would laugh at me last night, that they would... Who would murder a ruler? They have no reason to suspect Sehutangi. Alta interrupted. There has to be someone, I said. I lowered my hand. Do you know anything about the police reporting structure? Are, are there any units that we could actually approach without seeming... odd? Alta frowned and looked down at the gun. Lee reached for it, turned on the safety, and set it back down between their legs. The police have jurisdiction over everything but the royal family's affairs, Lee said. 
The royal family keeps its own guard, all trained separately from the police and military. They sometimes work with the police on intelligence. I've run into them a few times. I don't know much about their structure. You've run into them, though. Do you have any contacts? No. Lee clicked her tongue, yawned, and stretched from side to side. I meant that I did something illegal. I'm not ashamed of saying that on the record. It was the right thing to do. How anything against the monarchy could be right is beyond me, but I need Kaltad to protect me. I put my hand over my mouth to stop the conversation. Then I made a voice call to let Akara know that I was sick. While we spoke, Kalta made the bed. When the conversation ended, Kalta said, "I don't trust that Karata Mayanasi could put something together in a day. I really don't." We need a fallback option. Do you have suggestions at this point, or is it just me? All that ran through my head, and all that is running through my head, is that I am only nineteen. I am only nineteen, and I have the weight of the country on my shoulders. I am Tayen, holding up all Naraya because I have become its cliff rocks. I am Tayen, who somehow must hold up the country and protect it from ruin. Would the royal family even believe Karatau if Lee intervened? Karatau is from the Mayanesi. My family will not trigger bad blood between my ancestral dead and the Fadehins unless the dead speak to one another and the Koreta know. Nothing in this blood oath to Karatau prevents me from acting according to my own judgment. The Kuginya must work fast, and they might end up being sloppy. I can supplement what they do, but I can't. But I can't be sloppy. While Kalta and I ate breakfast, I composed a message to Liga and Karatau. I, I only have the haze of a plan in my head. It's admittedly insane, inadvisable, crude, but I really don't see another option. I doubt that Karatau has thought of it. Allies don't take advantage of allies or work at cross purposes. I need to ensure that our plans have. Symmetry, at least in their rudiments. Maybe saying less is better. Katana showered. I dressed simply in dark purple and packed an extra pair of underwear and my notebook. I also decided to carry a fountain pen and ink. I don't know what to bring for stopping an assassination attempt against the Fadehin. I packed a toothbrush. I don't even know when I'll get home. Alta brought a bag that contains guns, spare ammunition, whatever else bodyguards carry. I'm just so inexperienced at this. I have nothing. I have nothing that tells me what to do. We're now on a commuter pod to the only person I know who has an office within the palace, and we need to hurry. I don't know when advisors leave for work. You have been listening to Epiphany by KBOM. For a text version, cultural notes, and to subscribe via RSS, please visit http://kayeboesme.com/epiphany.